Listener Production. Welcome back. This is Willow Talk once again. Adam Peacock with Brad Haddon. Bradley, good to see you again. Good to see you, Adam. Exciting again. Glenn yeah. Maxwell breaking records, not doing much running uh, again. <laughs> didn't have to worry about cramps this time. I think that's a record now. That's four 2020 centuries. Yep. Um, yeah, it was extraordinary again to to watch. At least he moved his feet this time, like to the pitch of the ball occasionally. Well, not much, but. He didn't have to. Occasionally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about the last uh, two overs? I needed 43. Matty yeah. Wade deserves a bit of credit hitting 21 off the over before but yep mate, it's a glenn maxwell show he, he loves turning it on in india 21 off the last over you couldn't write a better script one of a stack of things to talk about on the cusp of summer really getting into gear obviously the wbbl is reaching the pointy end we've had the australians on tour overseas for what seems like about eight years now but it's all going to happen at once with big bash we've got australia a games we've got the tests just around the corner there's so much happening and ben horn from news corp is here with us as well to dissect it all and look forward benny how are you very good thanks adam yeah it'll be good to actually get the test matches started it's kind of this weird hiatus between the end of the world cup and the first test but we'll get there soon yeah we're going to do some summer storylines get pick through the, the the ones that we think are going to dominate headlines over summer because we've got a proper juno in here heads as opposed to a pretend one <laughs> uh, <laughs> and me as well uh and later on we're actually going to look at um the great test series of the 21st century involving australia and i want a top five We've got a list five. list of them. I want a top five from you guys, and we obviously want our listeners to just rampantly disagree with us <laughs> and say we're all idiots, and this is the top five. So we want some interaction there. Uh, and, yeah, we've got our risers and fallers because there's so much happening. We'll squeeze a bit into there as well. Quick reminder to follow the show on social media. We're on TikTok and Instagram. Just search Willow Talk Podcast and you'll find us there. If you hadn't already, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the listener app, whatever one you're using or a different one, if that. But the T20 series, guys. So, yeah, a bit of a fight back from Australia. They're obviously playing on roads, which yeah. maybe India could have done in the World Cup final, but that's by the by. We <laughs> talked about that on uh, Tuesday with Elisa Healy. But what impressed you most about all that that uh, that win, Benny? Was it simply Maxi or was it something else? Yeah, well, it's hard to go past Maxwell, but um, Had's touched on it before. I mean, I think you know, Matt Wade deserves a lot of yeah. credit. Like, I mean... His career, if you look at it, it is incredible what he's done um, since, I guess, 2019 when he's reinvented himself as a test batsman. Uh, he got back into the one-day team, back into the T20 team, won a World Cup with the T20 side. He's captained Australia. You know, I think he deserves a lot of credit because his career looked done. He'd actually gone back and um, started work, working for his mate's um, carpentry company in mm. in uh, Hobart. And, um, yeah, he's he's an underrated story. I just think it was good to see Maxwell and Head sober up and, and get out in the game. We we haven't seen them for – Did they get breathalyzed on their way out? <laughs> Mate, you know what, though? I – I like that they missed it. They've they've yeah. got to let their hair down, enjoy. Travis Head, um, he's he's got new supporters all over the world, uh, <laughs> especially in the the local pub on a, on a Saturday now. But what I like about it is Australia's character. There's yeah. a lot of t- uh, players are out of this team. They're chasing two twenty two after having to chase big totals in and set big totals in the the previous game. So they haven't got their full strength team. Maxwell came up when he needed to. It was his hundredth twenty twenty match and and I like the character that they're showing because we've got a 2020 World Cup coming up and we're going to have to play um, knocks like this and, and maybe mm. rely on a few different players with, with an ageing list. Yeah, I mean, look, it's still a long way away, the T20 World Cup, but um, the way Glenn Maxwell is going and I think the confidence he'll take from uh, really performing in a big tournament, 
um, is is going to serve Australia well. And I think Australia can go into next year's T20 World Cup not only confident but sort of feeling pretty free that they've they've got the ODI one in the bag and let's go and show uh, the world what we can do in this format. So I know everyone's kind of dragging their feet over this series coming straight after the World Cup. But for a lot of players, it's important. It's an important chance to audition for next year. Yeah, it'll be unprecedented having the World Test Championship, the 50-over World Cup, and the T20 World Cup showed off there at Jollymont if they can get it all done. So obviously it's going to be a huge aim in the next eight months. And you say it's a long way away. It'll be mm. like that. It'll be so mm. quick. What about the the turnover of the squad? So they've gone Abbott, Inglis, Stoinis, Smith, Zampa. Back you come. Big bash on the horizon, and then they've got they've they've said to guys like uh, Benny Dorshus, Chris Green, Ben McDermott, Josh Philippi, who have proven themselves at big bash level, get yourself to the airport and and get over there for for the last two. Whether or not they'll be extensively used, we'll wait and see. But what do you make of filling the gaps that way, Hads? Because there's there's so much cricket happening at once at the moment on the men's side. Oh, I think this was planned for some time. If you look at the names coming home, Ab- Abbott, Inglis, Stornis, Smith and Zampa, they've been in India for three months. Um, they've played a, a role, at different roles um, d- during the World Cup, but they've all been away from from home in, in the preparation piece and, and the whole campaign. So it's a great opportunity to freshen Steve Smith up, um, bring him home. Stornis and, and Zampa, Interesting because they're, they're, and Abbott also they're, they're only white ball specialists at, at the moment, so they they just must be mentally fatigued. But the, the players that are replacing them, they're they're all out of shield games. Yeah. Um, great opportunity for them to go over and and put their name forward before an auction. But they're, they're all not playing shield cricket, so it doesn't disrupt anything back home. Just what you brought up there about being in India for three months, you've had trips like that. So obviously the cuisine there, as opposed to here, is a bit different. What's the one thing that Bradley Haddon when he's got back from a long tour of duty over in India, was the one thing he wanted to sit down at the dinner yeah. table to? It was open your mouth in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, you, you, you're told not to uh, get the local water in your mouth. So it's just yeah. to, to get clean. And the other thing is to, to get up off your couch and go to your fridge. <laughs> like you, you're, you're in a hotel room, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you got your mini bar with your – you get uh, sick of the, the Mars bar each day or the, the packet of M&Ms. So um, <laughs> it's just been able to open your mouth in the shower and feel like you're not so, going to get sick. So not a, like a big schnitty down the pub or anything like that? It's, oh, like, do they have get, those over there? Yeah, you can get a schnitzel over there. The okay. hotels and that. Yes, it's to, to go and have a great T-bone. You cook. It's a barbecue yep. to go get some nice meat. Yeah, cow's not an easy thing to eat over there, is it? No, no. it's not. But it's, uh, mate, it's having that um, shower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful tales of tour uh, from Brad Haddon. <laughs> Glenn Maxwell. So he's performing like this on decks over there in India. Is his... In any reckoning, is he any chance of ever playing a red ball game for Australia every or a pink ball one for Australia ever well, again? I know the selectors and look, this is a tour that's happening in twenty twenty five, so it's not even twenty twenty four. So this is a long way in the future. But there's a Sri Lankan tour that year, and I know the selectors have Maxwell's name in somewhere in their mix of players they're thinking about. Um whether or not you know, he's still wants to be available for test cricket at that point in time remains to be seen. But I know he's a guy who is desperate to get back and play test cricket. Like he was, he was absolutely shattered in Sri Lanka last time. 
when he thought he was going to play for Travis Head and then Travis Head managed to get himself fit. Mm. So, look, Glenn Maxwell would love to add to his test career. Um, so if they're thinking about him, I reckon he would make himself available. So it's getting harder, but um, maybe the dream's still there. Yeah, seven test appearances for Glenn Maxwell. Can you see, do, you, do we live in a world, Hads, where he's going to make it eight? Yeah, it, it's a good question because... He's not going to an Australia, so that that's a, a simple answer to to that because the style of game you, you play in Australia, you don't need uh, a Maxwell style player. But with, with the Sri Lankan tour, he, he's his conversation, he's, his name's definitely in the conversation. It's just whether Maxi's got the appetite to to play. We we know he had a, a bit of an extended break before the World Cup because of that that ankle after he broke that. Um, can his body stand up to to five days of Test cricket now? Yes, it'd be exciting coming in mm. in in the middle order and and playing his style of game over in the subcontinent where it's been so hard to win. But to to me, it's just about the appetite now whether he has that because he's at that age where he could seriously go the fill up in terms of what the calendar looks like for mm. a T Twenty expert. Now he could earn some serious serious coin in the next three to four years, which. You can't blame a guy for doing. Well, he's a prototype, isn't he? He's a perfect 2020 player. He's athletic in the field. His power games is is ne- nearly the best in the in the world, and and he bowls handy off spin. So yeah, he, it's it's all um, to do with the how much he wants it. I, I think if he wants to make himself available and, and play shield cricket and and get a bit of rhythm back in that red mm. ball, well, he, he'll definitely be considered on a on a subcontinent tour. It, it's just whether with all the white ball cricket around the world now, mm. is he thinking, okay, this is that time's done and and I'm going to go in a different direction. Yeah, his his numbers: hundredth match, uh, four centuries, equal most by a men's player. Averages thirty, strikes at one fifty three, plus chime in with thirty nine wickets at seven point seven and over. So they're they're handy numbers. Does that make him our best ever T Twenty men's player so far, Benny, or a few um, others in the conversation there? I think there's probably a couple others in the conversation. I, I think when you look at Glenn Maxwell's overall T Twenty career and include the IPL, I mean, he has to be in the top top three for sure, mm. David Warner probably being one of the others. But the, the biggest thing from the World Cup just gone was, you know, Glenn Maxwell stood up and had some massive games for Australia because uh, it's not that he hasn't in the past, but I think to do it in a big tournament like that and be such a key part of Australia winning the tournament was maybe something he hadn't done before. Um, so I think he'll look back on that, you know, particularly at this stage of his career and after the injury, the broken leg he came back from. You know, that, that was his finest achievement. That was a, that was a hint of a fence sit there. If you were a Victorian <laughs> journo, if you worked for the Herald Sun, you would have throttled me for even asking that question. It would have been an unquestionable yes. <laughs> Emphasis, underlined, big, bold letters. So I remember when yeah. he had that knock against Afghanistan, I interviewed Howie the next day who yeah. saw it and called it. And he goes, oh, it's just like, this is the mentality of our Victorian friends. Oh, it's just so good to see a Victorian do that on the world stage. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa playing for Australia. He's one of us. We are one, aren't we? So, no. It's, uh, yeah, I yeah, mean, he, look, he is I, a great I, I sort of tend to take into account, I guess, performances for Australia. But when it comes to T20 cricket, you have to look at the IPL being, you know, the the pinnacle almost of, of the quality of T20 cricket. But my top three would be Warner, Maxwell and Shane Watson. Yeah. I'd chuck in Stark in there. Yep. At T20 level, he's still got a bit to give. But with Maxi, I'm just hoping that this BBL season, he lights it up. He does some of the things that he's done in the Cricket World Cup because we're in for a show if he starts pulling out those tricks. Well, the, the other reason you, you want to see Maxi do it here, after his 200 in the World Cup, I, I turned up to 
under 12s cricket <laughs> the next day and kids were warming up. <laughs> not using their feet, playing reverse sweeps, trying to keep their heads still. They got bowled out for nothing. <laughs> but that's the influence he has on the game. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's exciting to watch. Uh, he's energetic in this form of the game. He, he's, he plays unorthodox, which yeah. this game allows. I agree with the three. I, I think Watson, uh, David Warner, I think Andrew Simons. played a little bit of T20 cricket, but he's in that conversation. But it's actually hard to go past uh, Maxwell's numbers now. What, what's he just scored a, the fastest ever 200? He's got the yeah. fastest. 100 for Australia in, in white ball cricket in one days and and now he's got his fourth mm. 2020 hundred. He's a pretty special talent in this form. I, I, uh, it's, it's a good point about what happens once he gets home because a few of us at work were doing our predictions for the BBL this year and people yeah. who know a lot more about the BBL than me had the stars finishing quite low. And look, it depends how fatigued Maxwell is, I suppose, but I think on the back of the form that he's got at the moment, like he has the potential to really light up this big bash summer. Yeah. And I know, you know, it's unfortunate not many test players are going to play, but Maxwell really is the big bash. And he has been almost since it started. And I'm excited about if he can catch fire, that could really be one of the best things about this summer. Well, you look at how the big guns in, in worldwide sporting competitions are promoted. You, you have a look at Leo Messi, what he's doing yeah. in, in America with the MLS. Every game has been an event since he's, since he's been there. You have a look at the NFL and they promote the big quarterbacks. That's how they promote their games. So if Maxi gets going early in the BBL, it becomes the theme of summer. Every right. four nights, mm. watch him play. Mm. Remember when Chris Lynn was doing his thing yep. a couple of years ago? Yeah. It's like that. You You had no affiliation for the team that he was playing in. But you knew at 7.30, I'm turning that on. And if they win the toss, I'm sitting down straight away to watch this guy bat. And that hopefully is what happens for the – I reckon the Big Bash needs it this summer, something like that, mm. an event player. Yeah, I, I yeah. think the cricket needs it because we're not really sure how Pakistan are going to play and we're pretty sure how the West Indies are going to play in the the test match. So we, we need Glenn Maxwell. And, and another thing, if Maxi does go off and light up the summer, Victorians will flock to the MCG. You, you'll yeah. be playing in front – front of 60,000 and and to watch that on TV or be there live. So he, he's got that much influence on this form of the game. If he does um, have that summer where he breaks out and he, he does these sort of things on a consistent basis, one, the stars are up there. They've got a huge supporter base and we know Victorians get to the game. So it, it's a story that we uh, want coming out of the summer mm. that Maxwell lights the summer up. That's the headline we want in, in three months' time. Hey, just on the, that series over there, so in India, the fourth one is on Saturday morning our time and then the final match Monday morning our time. But let's get to some of those summer storylines, shall we, gents? The test batting order, thats it's already on the go now. Like Stories earlier this week about Day Warner. Well, will he be afforded the opportunity to say farewell at the SCG? Personally, I just can't get my head around why that wouldn't happen. Like, what, is it the end of the world that he, he fails in a couple of innings before he gets the SCG? Give the guy the send-off he, he probably deserves, I would have thought. I mean, unless he goes duck, 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 duck. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, look, if he if he starts the series, which I think he will, I think he'll finish the series. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, it looks like that's the way it's going. And Just the way he was playing in India. Yeah. Like, I know it's different conditions, different format. Yeah. He's still hitting the cricket ball pretty well. Yeah. Well, Andrew McDonald said yesterday on radio that as far as he's concerned, picking a test team is about the best players available at that moment. He's not looking to the future at all. So I think that's a pretty... Pretty strong suggestion that Dave Warner will be there. Well, David Warner plays the summer, but the the conversation is who replaces him. It's going to be exciting seeing uh, a guy who's played a hundred tests close out his test career on his on his home venue in front of his family, his friends, and his home fans. But 
we still have to have the conversation, who's going to replace him when he's done? And, and I know recently Cameron Green's names come up. And I've been talking about this for some time now. We've spent a lot of money and a lot of time in Cameron Green developing. So I think we've got to find him a spot. He, yep. he averaged 60 at number four in state cricket. He's a, he's a special talent. This summer's not going to be as strong as others. And let's be honest about that. The opposition's... We go India, England the next few summers, don't yeah. we? And you need as, as much games in the guys like Green as you possibly can. And I think if Marnus goes to the top of the order, let, let's see how it goes for the, for this summer. Mm. If it works, um, great. Steve Smith goes to three. Mm. We know his record's there. And, and and let's continue the development of Cameron Green. Mitch Marsh has got to stay in the, the team um, mm. as a number six because the way he performed and, and the energy actually brought to the, the side and the ashes. But is that a long-term um, thing, Mitch Marsh at six? But he's an opportunity for him to to captain white ball cricket, so can he handle the load of everything? But the, the story for me is you've got to continue to put time into Cameron Green at this level. Mm. So you'd go that way rather than a Harris Bancroft or Renshaw, just a like-for-like like for Warner? Well, I, After I, the SCG test? I, I think it's a, a great idea to keep Cameron Green in. Um, and Marnus opening? Well, I don't mind that. Does um, Marnus mind that? Well, well it, it's he, he's open at the start of his career. He's, he's been... He's done a great job at three. Let's see if it works. Let, yeah. Let's just see when you get a couple of games in. If it doesn't, what what have we what have we lost? Yeah, yeah look. What are you hearing, Benny? Oh, well, I'm hearing it's the that smoke I'm, signals. I'm hearing that that is the plan. I, I think yeah. that um, the likely option is that Cameron Green will be the replacement for David Warner, and then they'll shuffle the deck chairs with those six batsmen and and find an opener rather than going down the route of thinking we have to have a specialist opener come mm. in. I don't think the selectors are convinced about Harris, Bancroft or Renshaw being the long-term option. It's important to say that that could still change. Those three guys are all in the middle of a Shield game now and they have a Prime Minister's eleven game that they're playing next week too. So there's still a couple of opportunities for those players to... And Cam Green's in that one as case. well. Yeah, Cam Green playing too. Do you reckon they say you got about four in that? 100%. Cam yeah. Green? There's no other reason he's playing that. Yeah. He's batted four. Yeah. And one of the reasons, and this isn't by design, but one of the reasons why... I like this plan even more is, you know, I guess the issue with David Warner playing against Pakistan is people asking, are you holding back the next opener from having three test matches ahead of India coming next year when it's really going to matter? But if they're not sold on who the next opener is, Cameron Green's already a well-established test player. And to be honest, he needs a rest. He's been on the road all year. There was reports he was burnt out or on the verge of being burnt out during the World Cup just from the sheer amount of time he'd been away from home. So sitting out the Pakistan series is not a bad thing for Cameron Green at this point. And he comes in to play the West Indies and bats at four and could be a huge opportunity for him. Yeah, I could understand that point of view if uh, we were playing India in February. I know we've got mm. New Zealand straight off the back of the, the Australian summer, but, I mean, yeah, has his mates. But um, the, the other thing with all this as well, and I'm not putting anyone in, into retirement, we know exactly what Davey's doing. He played the first couple. He've already announced it. Well, what's Usman doing? Cause they're also getting to an age as well where Uzi might go, you know what, this is my last summer. I, I want to finish at home as well. So it, it's good to have options. And, and with, with Green going to, to form um, Marnus to opening, what, what happens if we lose both openers? So it, yeah. it gives you another experienced player up the top of the order. I, I'm a fan of the plan of picking the best six batsmen. Yeah. So bringing Cameron Green in and having Green and Marsh in the same top six. But 
I'm not totally convinced on who should go to open. Like it does worry me slightly, as you said, um, Adam, that moving Marnus when he's, you know, the last three years he's made himself the best test batsman in the world. You're moving him to fix another problem. Same. I don't think they'll do it to Travis Head. I was just about um, to ask, what about our little mate from the World Cup? Is <laughs> no, he, uh... I, I think when you go overseas, I think you'll see Travis Head open a lot more in the subcontinent. I think he's suited at, at number five in the, in his test team at home. We, we, he's a counterattacker. We haven't seen anyone really play that way and be so influential on a game as, as to when Gilly played. Um, mm. So you, you actually don't want to move Travis Head with the conditions in Australia because he, he could be found vulnerable with, with his mm. technique. So I, I, I wouldn't move him at five. I, I don't think it's a big move for Manus. Yeah. Is it because, and we're thinking this way, because the, the three ready-made or the three next in line, it seems, for that opening spot, who are all going to be in that Australia Raga PM's 11 game in Canberra, Renshaw, Bancroft uh, and Harris, they've all had a crack. Mm. It's not like they're the fresh exactly. face on the scene. Exactly. Is yeah. it because they know what they're kind of going to get from these guys, even though they're racking up some big numbers in shield cricket, which is, historically speaking, the way to get into the test side? It's not only that they know what they're going to get. It's it's more that from the body of work that those guys have put together at test level, there hasn't been that much there. I mean, re- Matt Renshaw was 23 when he got his chance, and I think given his lack of experience at that point, I thought he did quite yeah, well, did. made a test 100. But they've had a good look at Bancroft. They've had a good look at Marcus Harris, who's played 14 tests without 100. So it's just how much more can these guys improve, I guess, is the yeah. question. The other thing with that is Cameron Green averages 61 in first-class cricket at, at number four. Mm. So he's the next best batter. He's the next best batter out of the test team to, to come in. So... Yes, if we have to move a few this summer, I'm okay with it. If it doesn't work, we can, we can always go back when, when India, um, New Zealand test series are away. But if it works, we've got the six best batters in the country there, I feel. The, the other thing with moving minus to open is that means Steve Smith bats at three. And yep. we know how good he's been at number three. That was his, his spot for many years when Michael Clark was still in the team. But I just wasn't sure where Steve Smith was at during the World Cup. And it's going to be a challenge for him to come up a position. And uh, maybe it'll bring the best out of him because I think his best batting through his career has been when Australia's lost early wickets and he's in it two for 10. Mm. And that's when you see Steve Smith at his best. So it may well bring out the best in him. But that that's a challenge for, for Steve to, um, to, I guess, pick up from where Marnus has left off. The other big storylines for summer, at one point, you would say Nathan Lyon will get to 500 test wickets. He's on 496, and he was all set to do it in England before baby cow went ping at Lords. So <laughs> it, it's happening She's in the... Too fir- harsh. Well, it did. <laughs> uh, ping. <laughs> ping. <laughs> went more than ping. Went big, the ashes. big twang. Would you say that it's happening in the first test? Yep. Yep. Uh, I think... Uh, what, what a career. Like where, where Nathan Lyon started in, in, in Sri Lanka, first ball to get Senga Kara. Uh, he's been through some some tough times in in his test careers. He's been doubted. I oh, he can't bowl on the subcontinents. He's conquered that. Uh, he can't bowl on the the fourth fourth day uh, or the fourth innings. He, he's conquered that. So to be on the verge of five hundred test wickets, mate, that that's an yeah. extraordinary effort from an off spinner. Like I think the greatest testament to Nathan Lyon is that Ashes series mm. that's just happened because you know he's he's copped a lot of criticism through his career and a lot of questions about bowling in fourth innings and things like that. But if you look at that series, it's as simple as this. If Nathan Lyon played one more test, Australia would have won the Ashes. 
And without him there, mm. they crumbled and they almost lost it. And so that's the greatest testament to Nathan Lyon's influence on the team. Well, what about him during the week? But they're, they're talking, ask him about, I don't know what show it was on. I think the front, uh, front, front bar. Oh, front bar. Yeah. yeah, front bar. And they said, oh, what about Basball? He goes, I'm 2 nil up. Yeah. What, what are you talking about? Yeah. So it, it just keeps on giving these sessions, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. And it'll come around again in a couple yeah. of years' time. What about another storyline? Uh, one of the big three quicks, if not more, retire from a format of the game at some point in the next couple of months. Can you see it happening or is it that's not their yeah. style? Well, yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I can't see any of them making it to the next World Cup. Cummins would be the best chance. He's the youngest of the three. But I guess it doesn't necessarily mean it's an instantaneous thing. Mm. I know Josh Hazelwood, I think I think he would be the most likely to want to continue playing all three. Pat Cummins yesterday said he thinks he'd be keen to keep captaining the one-day team. Okay. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Like, I mean, he if likes being captain now, doesn't he, Pat? Yeah. <laughs> he's really got himself well, into a I groove. Well, I guess he's, he's shown that there's an opportunity there. As long as the team's happy and the selectors are happy, there's the opportunity there in one-day cricket where as long as everyone's happy for him to pick and choose – which series to play so he doesn't overwork yeah. himself, then it can work. Um, well, he's found his mojo, hasn't he? You've got to remember when he, he came in to, to captain the the test and, and one-day team, he, had, he hadn't done any other experience. He had no experience mm. captaining. He captained a couple of one-day games for, for New South Wales at full strength. So, and there was no build-up to it because no. of the, the pain situation. So yeah. so he, it was like an overnight thing. Yeah, so he, he's starting to find what works for him, how to, to use his bowlers, how to turn off and and let Steve Smith and the senior players take charge a little bit more when, when he's bowling. It's interesting because the, the three fast bowlers have a huge appetite, and we've seen it with Pat and we've seen it with Starkey um, probably more than any others. They, they want to play test cricket. Mitch Stark, I, he wants to get to 100 tests. He's sacrificed a... Mm. A lot of money not to play IPL. I know mm. he's going in the, the the auction this time, but I, I could see them walking away from a form of the game. I don't, I don't think it'll be test matches. I, I definitely think they're they, they've got some unfinished business that they they want to compete there to together. What what I'm interested from you, Benny. What what will be the cricket headline you think we're talking about in six months' time? In six months' time, I, I've, I've got still one. got. <laughs> I've seriously got one. I, okay. I've still got um, Saudi League. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. No, we're it's all coming. talking about that. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. That that'll be. It'll be huge overseas, and it'll it'll affect here. Mm. But it's the, coming. The money will be ridiculous. Yeah, the yeah. PIF, who's the sovereign wealth fund yeah. over there, worth 730 billion US. Um, they're looking at sports investments all around the world, and if they can't invest into something, and I know they've had a, a kind of a crossover with the IPL, but I think the BCCI are pretty keen mm. on protecting its IP there. They'll just go and start their own. So, mm. yeah. We're, we're all ready humbling. to go, aren't we? Aren't we take the show there? Well, Charlie, mate. we right to go? I'm halfway yep. there already yeah. as a Newcastle United <laughs> fan in the Premier League. So, no, right. sorry, Benny, to yeah. jump in. No, no. Um, Just to go back to a previous point, I, to me, I'm interested in – Steve Smith still like last summer there was a few interesting comments from him about yeah. where he felt his career was at in terms of how long he might play for and to me a lot of those question marks haven't really gone away um after he played the world cup I know that Andrew McDonald has spoken to Steve and has asked him please play on for as long as you can and I think that's really important for Australia's test team that Steve Smith plays for another couple mm. of years but you know, is that what he wants to do? Is that where his head's at? And that, that it'll be a huge thing for Australian cricket if Steve Smith goes in the next 
12 months because I'm not sure that the test team's quite ready for no. David Warner and Steve Smith no, to be exiting. Well, imagine we know David's going in, in Sydney. Kawaja, if he goes at the end of the summer, how, how long does he, he want to play? He's doing a lot more media work now. So half your top six. Yeah. If well, Stephen goes. Well, if he goes, all of a sudden, this is a really different looking Australian team. So it's an interesting one because also you've got a big bash game starting at, just before the test match and he's put his hand up uh, up to play it and he's put his hand up to play a lot more 2020. He loves over, it. Yeah, over the last 12 months. And normally someone who plays as much cricket as him and his preparation is is as, to the T uh, more than anyone, you, you wouldn't be playing those 2020 mm-hmm. games. So maybe he's starting to think about different things. I, I hope that's not the case. I hope we do see him for a couple more years in uh, test cricket, especially with India and, and England coming. It must be mm. such a hard call to make, especially because he's so valuable and it's the situation the team's in at the time. We've seen it with some of the other legends in Australian test cricket. Remember that massive blow up about whether or not Steve Ward deserved his place. Yeah. Like we're talking 20 mm. years ago. I remember there was a, you know, uh, one side of the media was like, no, nah, he's got to go. He's being selfish. The other was like, he's a legend. You've got to let him go on his terms. There was, yeah, there, there's other examples. Ricky Ponting as well. Yeah, well he was, was an like- interesting one. Punter, when, when he lost the captaincy, and, he, and I think he came out a, a few years later and said, I probably played on too long. Mm. And, and the reason was he he didn't want that to happen again. He, he didn't want, he, he wanted to stay around, help develop the the young players. And and, and he's, he's that type of man, Ricky. And, and I know Steve's aware of, you know, that the Ricky yeah. Ponting story with that as well in, in terms of his thinking. But, I mean, look, look, Steve Smith's decision will have nothing to do with money whatsoever. No. But Cricket Australia have to, I think, incentivize Steve as much as possible to play test cricket. Like, for example, if he wants to step back from playing white ball cricket, you know, he, he should still be on his current contract or close to just to be a, a test cricketer. And, mm. and so that the money, the T20 money that might be coming up around the world is less tempting because... Steve Smith is a test cricketer. He's one yep. of the best test cricketers ever. Yep. And if he's playing cricket, you know, I like to think it's it's test cricket for Australia. Well, if the money's in the pot for Cricket Australia, they don't then go, oh, we'll take some of Steve's money and then give it to some up-and-coming kid. Just leave it to him mm. <laughs> and then let him. Mm. You kind of you mm. bank a bit of cred, don't you, surely, that it allows you to do that. So, okay, they're the storylines of summer coming. Anything else you can think of, Hads? No, I, I think the talk will go away about Alex Carey's test spot. I think he's got he's reestablished himself. Yeah, I, I think he's he's had that disappointment of the World Cup, uh, and, and sometimes when an event like that happens, it it gives you a great opportunity to, to take stock, step back a little bit, do some work on on your game and the areas you, you need to work on. And, and I think this summer we're, we're going to see the mm. the best of Alex Carey. He plays these conditions really well, mm. batting wise. We've seen that in a couple of summers. The tempo he, he plays, he, he understands it at home, and and, and I think. He's going to put to bed anyone putting pressure on his position in the Red Bull game. Righto, gents, put your thinking caps on. In a sec, we're going to be back with our top five series involving Australia in the 21st century. We're going to rank them. We want numbers. All the ones we win? Oh, can be if you want. All the ones we played in New Zealand. Back in a sec. <laughs> <laughs> so, gents, here we go. A little Willow Talk list for our listeners to have a listen to and disagree with. And we want our listeners to totally disagree with us if they believe that we've got this wrong. So we're celebrating the 10th anniversary of the 2013-14 Ashes series and it's one worth celebrating, isn't it, Hads? That's one. (laughs) (laughs) It got us thinking of the best test series involving Australia this century. It doesn't have to be a a series Australia won. We're not biased. 
Are we, Bradley? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but I want your top five. So I'll, I'll, can I rattle off some ideas here? I'll, I'll give or, him a first before you do one. Okay, go. So this well, is number five. You're going from five uh, to one? I, you, you can rank them. I'll rank them at the end. But okay. 2001, India 2-1 when they hosted. Is that uh, the Laxman game? The Laxman. Yeah. And the reason I say that is that was the first ever test match I was on standby for. Gilly had something wrong with his hip. And I remember after You're packing yourself a day and a half, the, this, the energy yeah. that the stadium created, the the pressure around everywhere in, in India. I, I was remember thinking, oh, I'm not ready for this shit. <laughs> this is this was a different energy, um, and, and what it meant to the crowd. Where Harbhajan was into us, you had Laxman mm. and Jarvid, the, the way they played and, and got Australia. I played Australia back out of the game from an impossible position. I, I just remember the energy, and it probably turned my career around then going, hang on, you've got to go back and you've got to try in a different intensity because this is like nothing I've ever, ever seen. So you're going to put your numbers up later. That's actually my number one series in this century. For It was like you always say about India, every yep. ball's an event. Yeah. Well, it, like there was so oh. much happening. It, right down to the last day of the last test when Mark Waugh took that unbelievable catch and Tony Gregg, great commentary and, and all that. Yep. I can remember I was working back here in Sydney at the time, a little personal story, not as good as your one has because you're actually there. Um, I was in the corner, yeah. walking backwards <laughs> and forwards. <laughs> Having conniptions. But I remember working at that stage or yep. where I was working, I would time my drive home for the lunch break so I wouldn't miss a ball. So yeah. as soon as lunch was called, because I was watching it at work, you know, sorry, boss, but then bang, in no the car, works, home, yeah. work from home, all of that, and, and watch <laughs> it. It was an amazing, amazing. series. Mm. And that, I reckon, ignited what we say, see today, like truly yep. ignited what we see today between Australia and India. Yep. And, you know, Cricket Australia backed the right horse in getting close to the BCCI and filling up the coffers with the TV <laughs> money that's come about Indian cricket in the last 20 years. But an incredible series. And it made a villain in Harbhajan Singh a little yeah. bit, the way he was carrying on when he was yeah. taking wickets and Surav Ganguly as well yeah. carrying on. It was just at everything. Yeah. yeah. Waiting, making Steve Waugh wait for the toss, oh, geez. not walk out. How, yeah. how pissed off was Stephen about well, that? Well, it was at that time you'd never seen the Australian team challenge like that. Just the energy of the place and – and remembering, mate, that's Steve War. You, you don't yeah. piss Steve War off, but the Harbajan and Ganguly, that they didn't care. Mm. Yeah. Um, what have the, you got on your list? Um, do you want to go to your five to one, or do you want to rattle them off, yeah. Benny? And we'll get back to Hads. Or okay, um, look, have you got them in order? A couple or? of obvious ones here, which I'd have at the top of the tree, but uh, I know that I'm not sort of uh, coming up with anything shocking here. But 2005. Ashes series, oh, yep. I would have that as the the greatest series. Number one. Yep. Yep. Um, and I think this year's one. I mean, I know it's sort of fizzled out slightly at the end with the rained out test and everything, mm. but to me, just the it was such a gripping series in terms of the cricket that was played and also the storylines as well with Basball. See, I got twenty nineteen ahead of this year's one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Because of Stokes' innings. Stokes' innings. Paddy's ball in Manchester, which yeah. I just, when I'm feeling down about series. myself. Yeah. 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 The drawn series. Yeah, it's a, fa it's a fair point. JL destroying that bin in, at oh, Headingley. Oh, yeah. I've actually got a bit of a leaning towards series against South Africa. Which one? Partly because of working on them, but also just, I just think that South Africa were great opponents for Australia. Yeah. Mm. I reckon the, the greatest ever two test series, and it's just such a shame they couldn't manufacture a third test. 2011 against South Africa, which um, Hads, Hads was there. 47. That Wait, one. Man, we remember that more about the test after was Paddy Cummins. Paddy's debut. debut. But to me, it was just the two things yeah. together. 
Like it was just the two tests couldn't have been any more different, but yeah. they were both so gripping in their own way, and it was just such a shame there wasn't a third test. Oh, yeah, I love that series. Come that should have been the bro. greatest example of outlawing. Yeah, two test series. Definitely. Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so those three on the and list. And I've got the 2014 win in South Africa, which yep. Ryan Harris, the, the way he kind of bowled in Cape Town to bowl a straight a victory. Michael Clark wearing bounces from Morneau Morkel. Yep. Michael yeah. Clark made a couple of his best ever hundreds in South Africa. And That's his best ever. Yeah. He had a, a broken shoulder. Morneau yeah. Morkel went after him at 160. Warner went off there as well. Was this yeah. the series that Dale Stane yeah. came up with that ball? To you? What, the perfect poor defence? <laughs> the one that you thought that I got bowled with? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, that was. <laughs> Sorry, Bradley. I bring it up again. We brought it up a few times on Willow Talk, but I love Mate, hearing the story. If any kids want to learn how to play poor <laughs> defence, go and look at that. <laughs> Talking about Dale Stone calling Michael Clark a cheat, I thought that's what you were saying. No, no. <laughs> oh, actually, it might have been the other way around. Sorry. Yeah, that, that series was amazing. and um, So you got those two. There, you're five? Yeah. Those five? Yeah, I okay. think that's five. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I got a little bit different. I got the 2004 Indian Series, 2-1 yep. Australia. It was the first time Australia had won in India since uh, 1969, Bill Laurie's team. Yep, Pup uh, Century on debut. Well, right? yeah, Pup Century, Gilchrist captain. And, and knowing now how hard – I'd never, never won a Test Series in – in India, how hard it is to win there. And and a lot of Australian cricketers are gone there. And we, we haven't tasted any success. But Gilly led that team. Ponting wasn't there. You think well, it, He came back for the last test, didn't he? Uh, Ricky, I'm pretty sure. He had a thumb, broke his thumb. Broke his thumb. Was that the one? And then he came back for the last test and they got rolled or something happened yeah. in the last Anyway, yeah. the point is we won the It was that horrible wicket. Horrocks played that as well. Yeah. Gilchrist had to be brave. He, he batted himself up the order a couple of times, got hundreds. But... To, to win over there 2-1 mm. in Indian conditions, I, I don't think it gets any better than that. Mm. I, I've got 2005 as well. That was a, the first full tour I've, I've been on with the Australian cricket team. That was as good as cricket team you'll ever see, the Australians. Mm. The way um, Flintoff dominated that series, Michael Vaughan actually deserves a lot of credit with Duncan Fletcher, the style of game that they played. They, they didn't get intimidated by Aggressive. Yeah, that, yeah, they took the game on. Another one I've got here is 2009 in South Africa where we won 2-1. It was mm. Phil Hughes to Bowie. Uh, he got a couple of hundreds in Durban. Uh, Mitchell Johnson should have got two centuries. Uh, he got a 90. I think Ben Hilfenhaus ruined that for him. <laughs> but it, it was – I remember Ricky Ponning saying after winning the series, he just let the team walk off and, and he just watched. It was, a, it was a young team. South Africa were, were full of superstars. They had Callis, Smith, Davilius, mm. Boucher. So it was it was a young team just starting to to make their mark on the international stage after a lot of retirements. Haydos had just retired as well. So to to go over there and and win in that way and and the other one it's hard not to Mitchell Johnson series 2013-14 five nil after losing yeah. in, in England. It, it wasn't so much the the five nil scoreline, but it was it was how the the yeah. team went about it. It was the mm. same eleven the whole time. Mitchell Johnson probably bowled there like. No other series anyone's bowled at that how intimidating was and was spoken a lot about. There was fear in in grown grown men's eyes when they walked out to two bat. retirements mid series because yeah. yeah. they were just over Swan it. Swan yeah. and Trot both yeah. retired, and so that one for for a number of reasons. But the main reason for that, me personally, is we played the same eleven. Yeah, it, it mm. was, and the moment we we won, Ryan Harris, I think, got the last wicket, caught Clark at at second slip at the SCG to to win it. 
he was we sung the song on the ground, which you don't normally do. We sung it again later, which we can barely remember because that was 40 coronas in. But <laughs> it was, yeah, it, just to be able to do it with the same 11 guys, it was a pretty special one. Yeah. Mm. So I got, I'll go through my five to one in descending order. So yep. number five, I've got the 2019 Asher series for the reasons explained just to like, yep. again, and I'm, I like the series where you, you can remember yourself not wanting to miss a ball yeah. as a viewer. Um, you, you, you're just totally intrigued by every single test match. 2019 was certainly that. A lot of late nights there. Number four was that one in 2009 against the All-Stars South African lineup over there. Phil Hughes' debut, 2-1 victory. Number three was the 5-0 the because that was just so rampantly yep. enjoyable. Mm. Um, <laughs> every ball, <laughs> especially that spell, that four-over spell on the Saturday Arvo of Mitch Johnson in Adelaide. Uh, number two was that 05 series against England and the number one, as I mentioned before, that that one against India, which which set off a, a rivalry, which is still at its peak today. Shows how good test cricket is, doesn't it? Because it's a tough choice going through that list. Yeah, There's yeah. been a lot of great series. Yeah, so we want your input as well. If we've missed something there and we're and you're calling us idiots, call us idiots and uh, slide into our DMs on TikTok. Can you send DMs on TikTok? I always ask that question. You can, Charlie. Hey, producer Charlie <laughs> for producers. Am. He knows his business. He knows where TikTok is. He in the knows DMs. exactly oh. what you can and can't do on TikTok. Talk uh, and Instagram as well. You can do anything on Instagram as well. Uh, Rise and fallers. So, guys, we've got to mention Sammy Harper here. Uh, earlier in the week, third fastest Sheffield Shield century ever against South Australia. Comes in with Victoria and a bit of bother at yeah. five for not much. Sixty-four deliveries ton. Love it. This kid can play Sam Harper. I've seen him a lot. We have in the, the big bash. He's gone up and down the, the order. He's an attacking little batsman. He's a very good gloveman behind the stumps, but I, I like him batting at seven and playing these sort of roles. He's a momentum changer. You talk a lot about wicked keepers. Oh, it's great to get a hundred, but what I like, his team was in trouble. He came out and took the momentum away from South Australia and played a real keepers knock. And I hope now... Mm. This is his benchmark for for his career. He, he he kicks on from here because he's a good little player. Who are the other? So that's the third fastest ever Shield century. Who are the other? Who are the two quickest? A little bit of trivia for you, Hads. Midweek trivia. I love trying to stump. It's called stump Hads because he did it to so many people during his career. <laughs> stump Hads today. The question is two quickest above Sammy right. Harper on the list. I Justin Langer got one, didn't he? Nope. Glenn Maxwell. Nope. Not on the list. This is all I've produced. I'm totally putting my faith in producer Sam who came up with this. How far back do we have to go? Oh, well. Did Caddo get one? One's a very famous cricketer from back in the the 70s and 80s for Australia who had a great reputation of scoring quickly when he got going. Doug. Did you say David Hooks? Yes, you're correct. Um, (laughs) 35 deliveries. And another one is a dual international in the sense that he's played for two nations. Ooh, crickets. I can hear them in the studio all of a sudden. The keeper from New Zealand. Yeah. Ronky. Yeah. 51 deliveries. Yeah. And I only bring that up, Hads. You must not think too highly of the Ronk because he gave up playing for Australia to go and play for New Zealand. He wasn't going to play. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that treason in your eyes? <laughs> going from Australia. To, now, he was born in New Zealand, yeah. so it was fair he's enough. He's still there, though, Ron. I think Ron, he's batting coach now. Is he? Yeah. Batting yeah. coach for New Zealand, doing you, a good you, job. No grudges against him nah. for going to New Zealand? No, nah, none at all. Yeah, Proud Kiwi that he is. I gave him his debut, actually. Did you? Yeah, I, I pulled out of a West, Indies, um, no, West Indies series with a, a broken hand. Jeez, that's a bad one to miss. 
Yeah, I played Indies. the test series, broke my finger during that, got infected, tried to play the first one day out. I said, no, go home and get right and wrong come in. I, I reckon he whacked a 50 there off 16 balls <laughs> in that um, in that series at St. Kitts. There you go. Now, Namibia are into the 2024 T20 World Cup for a third time in a row. Uganda and Kenya, next favourites to qualify from the Africa region. So that's what T20 cricket needs to be, just nations out of nowhere qualifying to mm. give the competition a – you do get, you know, fatigued with – if we're having all these ICC events, you want new nations coming through. Okay, they might get pumped in their first two or three or whatever. But, yeah, yeah it's the, the depth needs to spread and T20 is the way to do it. Yeah. I like this, um, Benny, because Netherlands, uh, they qualified the same. They, they knocked the West Indies out. They knocked Zimbabwe. I told you they'd claim a scalp at the World mm, Cup. They're not really. a couple. <laughs> and Zimbabwe <laughs> also. They, they've been disappointing the, the last few ICC events. They, they didn't make the – the 50 over World Cup, and that they'd expect to to be in that. Um, that they didn't qualify, and they've got to win their last three games uh, with a, a really good net run rate to to get in now. So if they miss out on the the past two ICC events, they've got to start to have a look at what they're doing there because uh, they're going backwards. Yeah, yeah. T20 is such a great um, format for these countries to lift up, and you see, as you said, what Netherlands did against uh, South Africa in the T20 World Cup in Australia. You know, those results are are possible. And the ICC, it's really important that they keep fostering this in the T20 format. I'd like to see it a bit more in the one days too, but that tournament does yeah. go forever as it is. So. It does. Uh, BCCI as well, Rahul Dravid, a contract extension. So they're Smart happy move. with him. Smart move. Yep. Would he be the highest paid international coach going around? Would they have the biggest contract? Or I'd be surprised yeah. if he wasn't, but mm. I don't know for sure. Well, it's not as I couldn't imagine he needs the coin. Role. He's just doing it because it's something to do, and he enjoys yeah. it. Oh, well, he, he turned that one-day team around. They, they're in a mm. um, spot of bother with their one-day cricket uh, a few years back till he, he changed the style of play uh, to play a lot more more attacking. It fell over the, the last hurdle, and that can be a, mm. a few different things, pressure, the, um, the, the wicket, but, yeah, he deserves another contract. Uh, and fall is all I can think of is that rain that kind of <laughs> screwed up everything on day one of the Shield matches earlier this week, so... Yeah. yeah, but it looks like they're going to get a result in, in all three. Uh, might sport, get the wickets a bit sporty, might we'll see things happen fast on day three and four. It's always a, a funny time just before last shield game, but before um, mm. the big bash. Exactly. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for that, uh, Benny. We'll thank you, Adam. See Thanks you soon. There'll be plenty to you, – you won't get a day off between now and February, <laughs> surely. <laughs> Oh, yes, you will. <laughs> Day three, four, and five of test matches. <laughs> Get the windies. It's <laughs> a very good point you make. I've penciled that in. Uh, Bradley, we'll see you next week. We'll be back uh, early next week. Elisa's back in. We'll have a full review of the WBBL because the final, obviously, yep. on uh, on the weekend in Adelaide. So looking forward to that. Yeah, plenty more to talk about ahead of next week. And the start of the Big Bash. Start of the Big Bash. Australia, uh, PM's 11, test series just around the corner. It's all on the way on Willow Talk. Thanks for your company. 